You are listening to You Heard It Here Second. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or DerekAndSteve.com. Subscribe and follow today. Keep getting the wheels turning. Keep keep those wheels turning. Keep, those, um, <laughs> keep on, keep on trucking. Derek and Steve present. Alrighty, so sports. Um, we, we, we have a Boo. Super Bowl recap. Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? I, I think Belichick gets you a way higher franchise floor. Well, I hate them both. <laughs> I hate I hate you. Um, I'm not happy for you. I hope both of them retire. You don't. Six Super Bowls, it's, Derek. I know, it's crazy. God, it's, I hate you. It's insane. You. It's insane. I hate you so freaking much. <laughs> you heard it here second. Hello and welcome to episode number 124 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek alongside Steve. Steve, what is going on? Derek, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Um, we have a special surprise for our listeners today. We do, we do. Um, I'd like to formally introduce John Wang to the podcast. Mr. Wang, how are you? Good evening. Thanks for having me. <laughs> We're glad you're here. Um, glad how are things? How are things in Boston? It's cold. Uh, it snowed a little bit today. So, you know, typical. Par for the course. Yep. Par for the course. Um, so John Wang, as um, Derek knows, but our listeners may not know, is on for... he. John Wang is our NBA insider. Yes, um, sir. All those yeah. inside connections. <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking a lot of NBA today. Um, we also have a fun opening drive, and then John Wang is going to bounce. I think he's got a... a Concert to go to is that right, John Way? That's right. Yeah. No. Who, uh, who are you going to see? see? Uh, this guy called Tourist. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys are, are familiar, but nice. British dude not. makes wonky electronic music. Should be fun. Sounds like All Derek right. Sunday. Yeah. Sounds like every <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> um. Cool. So, uh, sounds like Steve, you have an opening drive topic that I do. We're going to discuss before we get into sports. Yeah. So I'm. I don't know how I feel about this yet. This was submitted by a listener um, akin to uh, our fruit-flavored Tic Tacs mints or as a hot dog a sandwich. We have a new debate for our opening drive. Um, And John Wang, I'm going to ask you first. Then Derek, you're going to follow, and then I'm going to try to formulate my opinion while you guys talk because I don't know what I think yet. All right, sounds Um, fair. Is alligator seafood? And then also in the same vein are frog legs seafood. So in Florida, you can find alligator uh, alligator bites and frog legs on almost any menu in the deep Everglades swamp, right? Like uh, dive bar type situation. So they are things you can order. Are right, right. do we can do we want to consider them seafood? Would you put them under the seafood section or would you put them under like the meat section? So what what are your John Lang, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot it to you first because I have no idea. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'll start. Uh, I was thinking about this just now, actually. And honestly, like, how do you define, like, what does seafood even mean? Like, is it just shit from the water? Like, like what? First of all, wait, wait, wait. Sorry to stop you really quick. Have either of you, have either of you tried either of those things? I have not. No. I have. Yeah. You have, John Lang. Okay, uh-huh. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know that the so the the conversation is the texture. The texture of ah, both oh, of these okay. things, things is meaty. meaty. Like alligator and frog legs are like chicken. All right, sorry. Yes. Go ahead. I agree. Yeah, exactly. It, it tastes like chicken. Looks like chicken. <laughs> I mean, is it really seafood? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big 
so I don't think it's seafood. Um, You're going to say meat. I'm going to say it's meat. Um, the first question when I'm diagnosing whether something is seafood or not is whether the animal lives in the sea. And alligators do not, as far well, as I know. Sea is... Hey, sea, rivers, fresh, lakes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have freshwater fish. Like that's yeah. a thing, right? Well, fi- well, yeah. yes, you can have freshwater fish, but do fish live in the ocean? Yes, they yeah, do. But, so as a yeah, as a but, genre, that animal would be considered seafood because they can live in the sea. Like I don't think any uh, alligators uh, live in the sea. I'm sure there's alligators that live in like sh- river rivers. Well, and rivers shit. are not the sea yeah. though. Exactly. Well, like there's saltwater. Fi- there's the sea. fish. That- the sea is the ocean to me. Like but there's there's the animals that there's animals that you eat that are seafood from lakes and ponds and rivers. But do but can those animals live in the ocean? There's potentially some that can't. I'm assuming. There's got to be some freshwater animals. Well, right, but that are but, but those are fish. Like like so so I think that fish can be categorized as seafood because types of fish live in the sea. Okay. And so so so, so a hippopotamus, for instance, can live in a river. So Fair. is a hippopotamus seafood? <laughs> no freaking way. Definitely not, because no, no. no hippopotamuses live in the ocean. So <laughs> they're just not sea creatures. That, that we know of, Derek. That yeah, right? They're, they're not, they're, I don't think amphibians are seafood. You, wait, amphibians are reptiles. 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 Sorry. Reptiles. Reptiles. I don't mm. think reptiles are seafood ever. So uh, here's the question. Lent comes around. Fridays, you can't eat meat. You can't eat meat. Can you eat frog's legs? Okay, this... So that's tougher. I probably... You can't eat meat on Fridays. Can you eat frog legs? <laughs> no. No, I guess not. No? Well, because cause I just... Because if... Because fish is okay, right? Fish is okay on when you can't eat meat on Fridays. You can eat fish. Correct, yeah. And I just said that these weren't fish, and they weren't seafood. So... So I think no. I don't think you could eat. I, I couldn't say. Yeah, I I couldn't say those are fair game to be eaten after saying that they're not seafood because that means they're meat. So so yeah, I think no. I what about you, turtles? You definitely, definitely sea turtles. turtles. Yeah, there are sea turtles. <laughs> that kind of blows up your argument. I don't know. Well, does do people eat turtles? I mean, what if you had? I'm sure you could if you cook yeah. one up. Yeah, I don't know. Um. <laughs> So is a turtle seafood and an alligator's not? I don't know. I guess I mean, if you had like fried turtle, that a fried sea turtle, I think would have to be seafood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by, by Derek's argument, that's still like that yeah. line of logic still holds, right? Yeah, yeah. it's true. If you, if you stick to your guns, a turtle is seafood and, and a frog is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to, so I'm going to take a hard stance with yes, seafood. Wow. If your thing right. can breathe underwater or like spends most of its time underwater, like sea is just a designation. It doesn't have to be from like there's plenty of designations for sea, like for water. Sea is just one of them. So an ocean, yeah. a river, a lake, a pond, a swamp. Well, it's all the same water. It's just animals that live in the water. And I know they breathe air. Yeah. I, I guess you could is also that your think definition? Like where they spend most of their time. You know, I actually don't know. Like does an alligator spend more time in the water or out of the water? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. T- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where do you draw the line? <laughs> all all um, so valid I'm, questions. Yeah. So I'm going to eat alligator 
on on Fridays during Lent and feel totally guilt free because <laughs> wow. it is seafood to me. All right, yeah. all right, Th- yeah. there you go. All right, decide. Well, that's the op- <laughs> that's that's the opening drive. Any final thoughts on frogs, alligators, or uh, turtles being seafood or not? Well, well, now I don't know what to think. <laughs> I think I think I'm back in square one. I, I, I'm not sure what, you know what who to, to decide with here. All right, well, we're gonna have to revisit it then. I guess we'll have to, we'll have yeah. to come back next week and and uh, do some pull, research and figure it out. Pull the fans. <laughs> Um, Alrighty, so that does it for the opening drive. Brings us into half number one, which will be mostly NBA, but it is, of course, sports. The Monster Jam. All right, so sports. Um, mostly talking NBA as we have John Wang on here to uh, join us. And so the trade deadline was last week uh, during our off week of the pod, but uh, lots of stuff happened. Actually, a lot of times the insiders will say like trade deadline is going to be crazy this year and then they wait and they wait and they wait and nothing happens and it goes by and they were like, oh, well, it almost happened. Uh, this year was not that. This year was actually a hectic day. Um, so we'll start at the top with some of the the most significant workings of the day, which is that the top three teams standings wise going into the trade deadline in the Eastern Conference were the Bucks, 76ers and Raptors, not in that order. Uh, and all three of them got better on trade deadline day. With the Bucks getting Miritich, the 76ers getting Tobias Harris, and the Raptors getting Marcus Gasol, among some other minor moves. Um, so I guess we'll start with you, John. Your your reaction to the East top three standings teams making big moves on deadline day, or yeah, actually no, I mean, deadline day and the day before, I believe. Right, right, right. Yeah, I and mean, and I think you know LeBron said it best, right? Like once he left the conference. Everyone else went to war, and, and yeah. it's pretty much it's an arms race at this point to to make it out of the East and get a shot of the Warriors. And the top three teams, as you mentioned, all got better in their own way. Um, and it's exciting to watch how how that chemistry works out, how people mesh, and and how they can carry that momentum into the second half of the season. Yeah, for sure, uh, Steve. Your thought? Yeah. So I'm gonna say I agree with John. Like the East is finally back. Like when Le- the East was basically, all right, let's wait until LeBron leaves and then we uh, we can all figure it out. Because mm-hmm. um, LeBron's made how many finals in a row? Like nine like like or seven so. Or, yeah, so. Yeah, a lot. It's it's close to that. So, <laughs> so, so no one. I think it's yeah. I think it might be <laughs> yeah, so it's somewhere between seven, eight, nine. So it's a lot. It's a lot of years in a row. So the East, everyone in the East knows that, and they know whichever team LeBron's on is going to make the finals. So you're kind of planning five to six years ahead. So he's gone. So now the East is ready to rumble. Like the Magic have a hashtag playoff push, like Twitter uh, marketing <laughs> campaign because yeah. the ma- now the because the Magic want to get in on the, the well, like the party. So all of these teams in the East, I I don't know enough about like each individual team to say like who got the best deal of the Bucks, the 76ers, and the Raptors. But I do know Tobias Harris is a steal. The 76ers, I think, are are the team to beat, although I, I don't love them because their team's kind of dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. But in terms of talent, 76ers got my bet. Yeah, so wow. uh, so this is going to be a little bit biased for me because I have been anti-76ers for several years now since they <laughs> since they took pride in losing. I, I've been anti them for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that out of these three teams, I, I hate the, what the 76ers did. And I know that, that, really? sound, I know that sounds crazy, but... The 76ers I, I agree. I agree. The, the 76ers I agree. have been trusting the process for for how long would you say? Is this like 
10 years they've been trusting the process no, now? No, like five years. I mean, think, I mean, bring yourself back to like Nerland's Noel was in their process. They like when he was drafted number one, like they have been trusting the process for a heck of a long time. And no one's defined how long the process is, Derek. Well, the, well, the 76ers <laughs> have defined that the process is over because they pushed all of their chips to the center of the table in a year that Kevin Durant is still on the Warriors with DeMarcus Cousins. They pushed yeah, all their true. chips to the center. And and so now they have Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler both on expiring contracts. Um, they go out the next week and they still lose to the Kyrie Irving list Celtics the next week with their full squad healthy because they have no bench anymore. They have none. They have Boban is the only player on their bench for whatever he can do. And he, he's a bad matchup in a lot of cases. They have no one on their bench. They have Tobias Harris as now their fifth option in their offense. So I don't know how effective he's going to be as a fifth option. I just... I just hate what the 76ers did. I think if they don't make it to the finals this year, then they're probably not going to be able to retain those guys. They might not anyway, if those guys want to get paid more. Um, I just hate what they did. I don't, I don't know. I, like, I just think that the whole time they've they've been, and again, it rubs me the wrong way personally because they've bragged about this process for so long, and then this is the year they picked to go in on it. Like, I know I understand the point about LeBron being gone, but the Warriors are arguably better than they've ever been at this point. So I don't know. I, I didn't like what they did at all. No, I, I agree, Derek. Like, do we, is, is Tobias Harris really a max player? Like, let's be honest here. I, I get it. You know, he started with the Magic, true. Um, and, you know, he, he's been good. He's, he's improved over time. He's still young. But I, I wouldn't feel comfortable making him a max player and, and building my team around him as a fourth option and, and giving him all that money. And that's essentially what the 76ers have basically locked themselves into yeah. this year and beyond so um, my my only my to, to rebut that a bit like i don't i'm not rooting for the 76ers in any way i don't think they're a likable team but they have the pieces like they have they have a star in jimmy butler they have a almost star in um joel Embiid. they have a rising star in ben simmons and now they have a solid like fourth fifth guy in harris like i i think They've got a team that can make it to the finals. I mean, they've got to put it together. But if you're not, if if you're if you're never gonna pull the trigger, it's never gonna work. So at least they're going for it. And I think talent wise, full team. Of course, they don't have a good bench, but I think talent wise, top five, they're better than most of the teams in the East, if not all of them. Really, you think so, they're better than the Raptors? I think one through three, the Raptors are better, but the fourth and fifth guys on the 76ers are better and sometimes that that matters. So, I think they're making a push to to win the East and hope that they can compete against the Warriors. I mean, that's all you can do in the NBA is hope that you can compete against the Warriors. It's not like a it's not like a a secret that the Warriors are going to make the finals and you have to see what you can do to beat them. So, if you can't beat them, you should tank. Like you should put all your effort into winning your league and I think the the 76ers doing what they can to to win the East, and I think that's, I I think they have the best team they're going to have while quote unquote trusting the process. Otherwise, they're going to trust the process for ten more years and get the same team. Like this is the best the team's going to be, right? Is I the guess. team going to be any I mean, better? I mean, arguably not. No. So then this year they may not be. I don't know. I just like either you, I just, either you or they're going to tank again. Like either you you take. Well, they're they're past tanking. Superstars. I mean, they have they yeah, have, exactly. Sim, they have Simmons and Embiid. They're not tanking at, at any point mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. And I just think now they have no assets anymore. They have no draft picks left. They have no. 
They have no tradable players, really. I mean, so like there there are no more tradable players on their team because Reddick Reddick is in a contract year, Harris is in a contract year, Butler's in a contract year, and Simmons and Embiid are not tradable. So this is their team now. So it's like, mm-hmm. is this team good enough to win championships? I mean, I don't know. Like, and I, res- and, I respect it. Pedal to the metal. I mean. The NBA's got so little Look, parody that, like, finally a team's gunning it, even though they don't have all the pieces. I like it. I don't know. I, yeah. I, don't I, know. So, I have to side with Derek on this one. So I think the Raptors. I think the Raptors came out. They they look the strongest. Well, the Raptors, great. I think that's a great addition for them. Like, upgrading Valanciunas to Gasol is, is, is excellent. And they're, they're, yeah. they could still be the class of the East. But I think what the Bucks have done, I, like, I, I like the Bucks the most out of this, I think. Because it's a, it's a lower key move, but Miritich is a big man that shoots threes, and like that's all I would be surrounding Giannis with is just like guys that can stretch the floor, uh, like and make threes, you know. And I think um, it, they now have a lineup that I think does that really well with Middleton having an all he's an all star this year. Um, mm-hmm. I like what the Bucks did and that it didn't mortgage their future at all. Really, um, mm-hmm. didn't yeah. didn't compromise them cap space wise or anything. Um, and, and you know, the other thing too is, and I, and I don't, um, I don't want to make this out to be their singular opponent because it's definitely not, but when you're Philly and you're looking at what happened last year in the playoffs against the Celtics, right? They lose in five games. They're clearly not good enough, even against the team that was, that was missing, uh, Kyrie and, and Hayward for the Celtics. The, the Sixers had clear matchup problems against them. And I don't think they did a thing to, to help that at all. You know, like every time they play each other, like they still have, Al Horford plays his best games every time they play Philly because Philly has bad matchups against him. And now they're even worse, I think, defensively trying to guard Kyrie Irving. They don't have one guy on their roster that is well suited to guard another sure. team's dynamic guard. Like you want to beat the, you're, you're going to beat Kyrie Irving. Like how are you going to beat Steph Curry? Like you don't have any defensive guards on your team, not one. So that part of it, I didn't like really about the Sixers either. I, I just think that there are other pieces to championship teams that are really important and they, they, I think now have an overpriced fifth or fourth or fifth option on offense. Even though I really like Tobias Harris, like I just don't think it was the right. I don't know. I didn't like the move, but I mean, I think I think in theory they added some pieces to their bench. Yeah. Right? So so they got James Ennis, they got Jonathan Simmons from the Magic, and then Markel Fultz trade. You know, they they got some length on the wings, but I I still it's just it just seems very suspect to me in terms of you know, like you said, yeah. this is technically the culmination of the process. And, and they churn out this end result, which isn't very all that inspiring, in my opinion. But, yeah. The last uh, thought on that for me is I, I liked, um, but like I, I still see what Steve's saying about pedal to the metal and going for it. And I, I thought that that's what they were doing by getting Butler. So when they got Butler, I was like, I like that. Like that's their, that's their quote unquote big three. But like they still had their, they still had future assets to work with and stuff, you know? And I just thought that mm-hmm. this was a little bit too far for them so, with the Warriors what? still in the picture this year because the Warriors might dissolve after this season. I agree. This the 76ers are not in the absolute best team. Like they're not the absolute best team to take on the Warriors, but this is probably the softest the East is going to be for the next 10 years. Like this is the first year LeBron left. So now everyone's thinking, okay, now we can compete in the East. So this is the first year that superstars are going to come back to the East and like all these teams at the top are going to get these best players. So I don't know. I I agree. I don't think they're the Absolute. I, I'm not picking them to win the East. I just think this is the best they're going to be in the softest the East is going to be. So yeah. that that's my that's my take. Cool. So 
those are the top three teams. We spent a good amount of time on them, so we'll move through the other ones kind of quickly. But uh, Anthony Davis, there's a lot of hoopla leading up to it. Obviously, he doesn't get traded. Um, John, I want to know your thoughts about that whole thing because it kind of became almost clear entering deadline day. It didn't feel like he was going to get traded. But what was your overall thoughts about that entire saga? Just so much tampering, guys. <laughs> so I mean, much tampering. Like, none of that narrative made any sense. Yeah. Like, why now? What's the push? And, and, you know, Anthony Davis used to be, you know, the proud, nice guy. We're playing for small market, all that yeah. stuff. And now he's he's basically thrown all of that away and, and become a villain of sorts. That's, so, John Wang, that's a great point because that's what happens when you demand a trade a year before your contract's over. Same, same, thing, happened. Happened to, same thing happened to KD. And Kawhi Same Leonard. thing happened to Paul and Paul George. Like, yeah. everyone was a good guy until you demand a trade the year before your contract's over. And, 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 and now, yeah, sorry. And now he looks so lame because, like, he's, yeah. he's stuck. You know, like... <laughs> Yeah. And it's weird for everyone. And and yeah. and so you mentioned the tampering and like, you know, so first of all, a lot of people wanted to make a big deal about LeBron's comments and stuff with the tampering. And like even coming from me like a, a notorious very anti-LeBron fan, um this isn't like LeBron himself. You know, this this is this is one of the first instances of a, of a sports agency that's trying to do something on behalf of their clients. And that that was Clutch Sports and 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 their agent, their shared agent Rich Paul. Um, that's what all this was. Like it, it kind of was very clear in that all the, like all the connections of like, you know, at the same time as the Lakers dysfunction starts getting leaked, like, Oh, there was a fight in the locker room gets leaked, you know, from the Lakers, like who the hell is leaking that? And then the next day it's like Anthony Davis wants to go to the Lakers and the Celtics aren't int- like, he's not, he doesn't want to sign with the Celtics and like all this stuff about like where his preferred destination was. And then the deadline passes and all of a sudden, the narrative is, yeah, all 29 teams are on my list. Like, I don't have any preferred destinations. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it, it was the agency the False. whole time. Yeah. Like, well, no, <laughs> yeah. I think it's true. Like, I don't think that Anthony Davis is pushing his way to L.A. I, I, I no, think that, I, I think he's I think he's going to go to the Celtics. May, I mean, maybe. Well, the thing is, I don't think he's going to pick his team at the but, trade. I think he, he has a year left on his yeah. contract. I don't think he's going to commit similar to what I was saying with Paul George, although he did end up signing with OKC. But. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I, the main thing is it was a lot of posturing by the sports agency, which is like a very yeah. unique and new thing that we haven't seen before. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I'll say to that, and then I'll, I'll kick it back to, you, back to you, John, is that the NBA is becoming a a weird mix of like a public pressure trade league, yeah. which means it's in the agent's best interest to announce trades, maybe not for their players' popularity, but for like, money wise and pressure wise like it is it is in ad's best interest to say i want to leave because then every other team starts seeing what they can do to maneuver money and people around Mm -hmm. so unlike other sports like football and baseball and hockey basketball has this weird open public trade speculation like dynamic where you can basically push players different directions based on like public pressure yes yes. and and it's wide open so it's it's very very weird um now like uh brian windhorst is saying like oh the pelicans were messing with la like i don't believe that but you you kind of bite i I kind of believe i could kind of believe it i could believe that to an extent because they were upset about what what was happening you know because but do you do you really think a professional a league would just toy with another league because they were mad no it's a it's a business but the NBA leads you to believe that it's possible because everything's in the open. 
crazy. I mean, I could see a general manager toying with another general manager if he felt like that guy was behind some like so if, if, if he felt that the Lakers were behind that, which, again, I think it was more the agent behind it. But if he felt the Lakers were behind it and Magic Johnson was behind it, I could see him not like necessarily toying with them, but like kind of just not answering their their calls. You know, like I could totally see that happening. I think the interesting point you made about um the public pressure. There was another actually interesting thing that I had heard. It's almost like a reverse uh, element of that where uh, there was an actual reporter and I forget who it was. It wasn't like a hu- one of the huge names, but some guy was, was insinuating that another part of that influence that Clutch Sports had been like trying to put out there was, you know, the talk leading up to it all, if you remember, was like the number one question is whether Danny Ainge will trade Jason Tatum, right? You've heard that for yeah. weeks. And like there was literally one guy who believes that part of that, like putting that out there is to literally put pressure on Danny Ainge from his own fans, like to not trade Jason Tatum. Like, like, but, but, but it actually does create a backlash. Like there, there are literally Celtics fans all over Twitter that are like, you better not trade Tatum, like for a one year rental. That is like literally a backlash now because of nothing really, because of a rumor that said, that he was maybe going to trade him, you know? And so it's like, yeah. I think the public reaction is actually a big thing now. And I'm not saying it actually influences them when push comes to shove, but it's a big factor in the way the story plays out. John Wang? No, I agree. I, I, all points well taken. I think, you know, I, I was supposed to come with hot takes, but you guys are, are being <laughs> way too reasonable. Um, the only thing is, the most ridiculous thing, in my opinion, out of this entire saga is like, First of all, that Laker offer, they basically were just going to trade everyone whole team. on their team. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, how is that even possible? Like, none of that made any sense. What's, and then Del Demps got fired, by the way, which at that the was end of all of this. Yeah. It, so this whole thing was just such it's just such shenanigans. I, I think it's really just really clutch sports trying to flex with LeBron's input on the back end. But, you know, taking it a public putting pressure in terms of NBA being a 24-7, 365 week, all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think, I mean, um, yeah, go ahead. I got my popcorn ready. It was, you know, I was, I was pressing <laughs> F5 all day at work, you know. Yeah. Yeah, this, and, and, this is good stuff. And the, the last thing too on that, like, like you mentioned, you know, a lot of people didn't really talk about it, but that trade from the Lakers like would have been so difficult even logistically to, to, to make happen because the Pelicans would have had to release like, five guys to make room for the yeah. for to make the roster spots for that and it's like it's like, like well we don't want to just release five guys like that's basically like trading five guys like people forget that i think it's like mm-hmm. oh it's seven players for one well no it's it's seven players for seven <laughs> like that's the way it has to yep. work because you don't have empty roster spots you know so even if you're just going to cut those guys like it's you're, it's as good as trading them so the, logistically there were a lot of issues with that it just makes more sense across the board for them to do it in the offseason when they can have draft assets in play, when they can have expiring contracts be gone, have sign and trade options. Like there's just way more it's just way more sensible for them to do it in the offseason. So I was personally glad, not even just from a Celtics perspective, that a team front office didn't let like a situation like that force them, kind of like we were happy or kind of the opposite of what the Pacers did with Paul George. They basically traded him and, and they ended up getting a good deal out of it, but they kind of reacted, like Steve said, to the public, you know, in that situation, and they just ended up trading the guy because they heard he was going to L.A., you know, mm-hmm. which he didn't go, yeah. by the way. Yeah. So, um, so there's Anthony Davis. Um, John, quick hit thoughts on the Wizards. Uh, do the Wizards first. Traded Otto Porter. What are they doing? 
Nothing. I they're they're on the treadmill of mediocrity and going to be there for a while. Next. <laughs> All right, da- Dallas Mavericks. Do you like what they did? With taking a shot at Chris Stapps? Absolutely. I yeah. mean, you know, Mark Cuban's all about collecting European players. So, you know, <laughs> add one of the one to his notch in your belt. Europe West. Europe West. Um, so that brings us to one other topic before we just close out with Steve and my teams. Um, the Knicks and the Lakers, both, and actually, we have, we have Knicks in LA written here, but you should count the Clippers in this as well. All sure. three of those teams have primed themselves for big offseason acquisitions, whether that be free agents or trying to land players in big trades. Um, what's your initial thought on whether these teams will succeed in their in their pushes for that and kind of who's 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 maybe best yep. primed for it? So actually, this four teams, both Ooh. two New York teams and two LA teams. Oh yeah, that's right, the, Brooklyn. The Nets, oh. the Knicks, yep, as well as the Clips and, and the Lakers. Uh I think the Lakers less so given their cap situation, yeah, but yeah. definitely the two New York teams and the Clippers moving, nudging people, m- making way for, for, you know, any of the combination of Kawhi, Kyrie, KD, et cetera. Anthony uh, Davis, it should be interesting. Trade. should be interesting. You know, a lot of times in the past, the Knicks are kind of like a joke because they, they try to make moves, never really panned out. Yeah. Right. The Clippers well are the Clippers. Yeah. Um, and I think the Nets actually are a dark horse in terms yeah, of I landing agree. people, given what they have today, the young talent, and how they set themselves up, given the disastrous trade that they had with the yeah. Celtics a couple years back. Yeah. yeah. To that point, Derek, remember from last week, who is the number one highest valued NBA team? Uh, the Knicks, right? The Knicks. Yes. The Knicks, for some reason, even even if they suck, are the best place to play or the and the best place to make money. Mm-hmm. So... I could see the Knicks becoming a destination spot. I know they just traded Porzingis and they've they're kind of fluttering around, but well, yeah, for I mean, some yeah. reason, I mean, New York is New York, and and the, the Nets aren't the team in New York. It's always been the Knicks, and it will always be the Knicks. So, of L.A. clip the L.A. is in the Lakers, L.A. is in the Clippers, um, the Nets, and the Knicks. I think the Knicks are the the team that's going to make the biggest acquisition, just purely because. Value wise, they are still the franchise to beat. Even if they suck, they are still the franchise to beat. Right. Well, they're right. certainly going to try. I mean, the the trading mm-hmm. the, the Porzingis trade was to was to, to pave the way for that. And now it comes down to whether they convince those guys to come. You know, um, you know, there's all the rumors about Kyrie and KD. I mean, I'm still I'm not sure about those, but there's certainly valid reason for them. You know, I mean that you know they've both alluded to New York being a place of interest to them not not directly saying that they would want to play for the Knicks but like they've they have ties to New York and the Knicks have the I believe they have the two max spots right John do they they have they have space to sign two or, or very close to it they can maneuver to it I think the Knicks do yeah they have yeah. two open max spots yeah so yeah. that's obviously where all the the hoopla is going to come from one dark horse in the Knicks before I we move on from them that I've heard um because the Kyrie thing is came out of nowhere originally, and now it's gaining steam. But it's more so gaining steam because Kyrie refuses to say anything. You know, there, it's yeah. not really gaining steam for any tangible reason. But it's it's more of a paranoia, I think, which is not. I'm not saying it's unjustified, but it is more of a. It's more for a lack of what he's saying than a than what he is saying. Um, I think Kemba Walker is a real uh, player. No one's talking about as far as the Knicks' second max slot. True. Um, he's from there. He's going to be a free agent. He's definitely going to leave Charlotte. I think. Um, I could see like if they're able to lure KD there, 
with KD, it's like convincing him that he needs to get his legacy back with being the number, like the sole guy, you know, because everyone still yeah. craps on him for going to the Warriors, you know. So if you if he goes to New York and obviously maybe they get Kyrie, but if it's Kemba too, I think that's one to look out for. So, um, so so watch out for those teams. Uh, coming down the home stretch here, uh, Steve the Magic with the Magic with baby. Fultz. Um, <laughs> Hashtag playoff push. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Mar- so I talked to both of you, and both of you don't like this move. John Wang specifically doesn't like this move, and I love it. Markel Fultz is a head case. There's no such thing as a bust if you're the number one overall. The, num- the number one overall is definitely good at basketball. They just get rattled for some reason or get injured for some reason. There's n- The number one overall pick is not bad at basketball. Am I right? Can, yes. you, can we agree with that? I agree. I don't think Marco Fultz should be bad at basketball. So I'll Marco Fultz has like a pseudo injury. We're not really sure. It's like some shoulder freezing or like we, we don't really know, but we all think it's, I think it's the yips. I think it's just he's he's overcome with pressure. There's no pressure in Orlando. There is zero pressure to win in Orlando. <laughs> we also have a good team. We are a couple uh, place. I mean, I don't want to say a couple spots, probably like three games outside the eight spot in the East. Not that eight spots going to win the NBA championship. But yeah, but you got to start somewhere. Start, the Celtics started there, you know, and we gave up pennies. We gave up a second round pick, a protected high twenties first round pick and Jonathan Simmons, who's yeah. a good bench player for, yeah, but, but you guys so. didn't sign him to be a bench player. <laughs> he he didn't pan out as a as the player you guys wanted him to be. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't mind it as a Magic fan who I haven't coined this term, but I've used it a lot. We are in lottery limbo. Mm-hmm. We are where the Kings were a couple years ago, where you're just you're good enough not to make the playoffs, but you're good enough not to be in the bottom five or bottom six or seven. Mm-hmm. So you're stuck in this like where do we go? Do we tank or do we do we go all in? And the and the magic never do it. This is a this is a gamble I'm willing to take. Um, so that's a, that's enough for me on the magic. They are a they're barely a playoff <laughs> team, so we don't need to talk about them. But um, they're undefeated in the full Terra. four and zero baby. Let's wow. go. Let's go. He hasn't played a game, but still four and Lock, I, locker room guy, great locker room guy. Four and since he's four and <laughs> since he's been signed. Um, um, John, what are your what are your quick thoughts, John, on the full? I'll, I'll keep it quick. I'll keep it quick. But I I don't know. He just there's just something so fishy about the entire situation since he got drafted. You're like, fishy. I, I, it's true. Maybe I am. I'm secret. But you know, <laughs> but I, I there's not, something just doesn't quite add up. Like you can't be that good in college and then suddenly be that bad. Right. Yeah, it's like such a weird extreme, and and I just I I hope he proves me wrong, but I I I don't know. I don't I don't see much of this ever working out. But you're right, Steve. Like it's you took a flyer on it. See how it goes. If it works out, great. Add a bonus. If not, you know, move on. Low risk, high reward. Yeah, I, I think it's still yeah, it's definitely low risk, high reward. I think it still could work out. The one thing I think that is in your favor, like you said, is the pressure element. I think there was la- there were layers of pressure element here on Fultz. Because a he was in Philly. Philly traded for the number one pick. They traded yeah. the Jason Tatum pick. Ended up being for for Markel Fultz. So there were these layers of every time Markel Fultz was either a going against the Celtics, b being talked about with his class. Like there's always this element of like the Sixers made this trade to get you, and look at Jason Tatum. You know, 
and and even Lonzo Ball, who was that, who has been who was better than him as well. So there was always that pressure. Now that he's kind of removed from that, like the Magic don't care where he was drafted. <laughs> the Magic yeah. just got him to be to try to make him better. You know, so and the Magic don't have a good point guard, so this is yeah. a fine fit for him. Right, mm-hmm. right, exactly. Yeah, and he was because he was on a team in Philly that has a six foot ten point guard who is the face of their franchise for all intents and purposes. Yeah. So like. Fultz was always going to be an off-ball point guard when Ben Simmons was on the team. So I think there's a lot of uh, things different about this that could work for them. But yeah, cool. so we'll see. Well, let me let me introduce the next team and the final team of our <laughs> NBA roundabout. John Wang, you ready? Derek, you ready? I'm ready, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> the Boston Celtics made a huge, huge splash <laughs> in uh, free agency and, and uh, before the trade deadline. You know who they got? Uh, they got Bupkis. Bupkis, yes. Zip. Zip. His nickname is Nada. His nickname is Nada. Is that Zero. Correct? Nothing. <laughs> Zip they got Zilch, Derek. Actually, they did get Mr. A, They got a second round Doctors, pick. Dr. Zilch, PhD. <laughs> um, they, the, the only thing the Celtics did was that they cleared Jabari Bird's roster spot, which um, there you go. enables them to be a player in the buyout market if, if there's a player that they end up wanting to sign, which time has passed by and they haven't signed anyone yet so i don't know if that'll happen but um that is all they have so um and, is that a good move or a bad oh, move that, that was the only thing so i know it's i know it's like kind of oh, the other three teams in the east get better the celtics do nothing the celtics had two goals going into deadline day and i can say this from from a celtics perspective that i was aware of this going into deadline day two major goals and it would be a win for them one anthony davis does not get traded on deadline day that was their first goal Number sure. two was to clear a roster spot for a buyout. <laughs> I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but those were literally their only two goals because they just mm-hmm. don't have they don't have players that they're willing to trade like like mm-hmm. for for a non Anthony Davis acquisition. You know the the Celtics yeah. whole team is pretty much guys that they value and then guys that no one wants. <laughs> so um so yeah. so I, there was really not much <laughs> to be done there. I know people some people speculated about it, but it just kind of wasn't going to happen. Um so yeah, but like so they do nothing. Uh, the other teams in these get better, but I think it's what they wanted. And uh, the one, the only thing I'll say about the Celtics was we don't really have to talk about them right now. I think that it, I've I, I can't remember the last time for for a non like championship seeking reason. I can't remember the last time that a playoff run was going to have such a long lasting impact on the future of the franchise. Because I think I think that's the case for the Celtics this year. Like if the Celtics have a bad playoff run versus a good one, a bad one is going to point to Kyrie Irving could leave. Um, Guys like Marcus Morris, Terry Rozier can leave too without being willing to negotiate anything. The Celtics would lower the value of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown if they have a bad playoff run. All these things will start to snowball for them. And on the flip side, if the Celtics go to the finals against the Warriors, then suddenly Kyrie Irving's unlikely to leave, I think, if they go to the finals. Jason Tatum becomes like, hey, New Orleans, we got to the finals with Jason Tatum, so why would we give him to you? And and I just think it's an entirely different landscape depending on how their playoff run goes in a year that they probably are not winning anyway. So I think it's really, I think it's an interesting uh, element of maybe the most important non-championship aspiration run that you could have as far as impact on a franchise. So yeah. that's my, that's my observation. Well, I, sorry, I just want to add one last yeah. thing. I think the biggest kind of help quote unquote that they could have gotten is essentially allowing Gordon Hayward to better, you know, to be himself again, right? And that that means, you know, not making major moves and putting pressure on him. That means, you know, 
letting him define his role better going to the second part of the season. And and it's kind of more like an internal type of, you know, help from within versus trying to go out to find help. So I think I think that the Celtics made the right move. And, and like you said, based on those two reasons, it, it all makes sense. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think towards the end... I think they made the worst moves. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think to your point, John, Hayward has looked better lately. So it's an interesting one because if he gets back, it's a different team really. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, John, any closing thoughts on the NBA? Um, deadline day, anything else you want to go through? No, I mean, it's, uh, it's a wacky world out there. <laughs> and uh, thanks for having me come through to, to chat hoops with you guys. Of course, of course, anytime. So... We'll have to have you on again when nice. the playoffs come. It was really nice. Wa- it was nice wanging out with you. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. You see you, John. I had to squeeze that in there. Yeah. All right. Thanks, John. All right. Take care, guys. All righty. And that brings us to half number two, which is pop culture. Alrighty, so pop culture. Um, we have one big topic, which is the Oscars, which have snuck up on us this year. Um, I don't. I'm not super well versed on the Oscars as I normally am not. Um, so, do you want to? Do you want to run through? Sure. <laughs> you want to take the lead let me, here? Let me. Yeah, pa- pass the baton, Derek. I'll handle this. Don't you worry. Um, so we're not going to run through anything but best picture okay. because. It's kind of repetitive because all of the best actresses and best actors are from the same movies. Right. So we're just going to do best picture. So these are the movies nominated, and the Oscars are this Sunday. Um, that's February 20... Uh, now, of course, my calendar <laughs> wouldn't open. Uh, Let's see. 24th. 24th, yes. 24th. So the, the Oscars are this Sunday, and these are the nominations for best picture. Uh, in order, there's eight of them. Black Panther... Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, or Rhapsody, sorry, <laughs> The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star Is Born, and Vice. Um, so I have seen one of these movies. <laughs> Which is it? Black Panther. <laughs> one for eight. It's Black Panther. So that is the same for me. <laughs> so you've seen one of them. So I guess Black Panther wins then. <laughs> Black Panther's got to win, in my opinion. No, I, it's the yeah, best I've movie only I've seen. Yeah, <laughs> I've only seen one. I mean, I have heard good things about the other ones. I just haven't gotten to seeing them yet. Um, Roma, you've marked down here as Netflix's first Oscar nomination, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and actually, I looked it up. Roma is the odds favorite to win really? Best Picture. Interesting. Yeah, and it's 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 Netflix's first Oscar nomination, and it is. For so it's between Vegas. It's between in Vegas is between Roma and A Star Is Born for right. um, winning Best Picture, uh, or Green Book is also up there in favorite. But anything could really win because like remember last year or mm-hmm. two years ago when they right. read it and it was the wrong name and it was just like, yeah like yeah Moonlight versus <laughs> La La Land. It was just a wild scene. Right. Um. So anything can happen. But Roma is the odds favorite. Green Book, Star Is Born, and Favorite are also up there. Um. But yeah, I've seen one of them. If you want to see one of them from your couch, Roma is the one you can see. On <laughs> that Netflix. is the easiest to watch <laughs> yeah. from your couch. Actually, yeah. I think Black Panther might be on Netflix now too, so you could see that as well. True, <laughs> um, I think it might be. Yeah. But, but Roma being like, a Netflix original, yeah. I know I was in the minority with this. I didn't love Black Panther. I liked Black Panther. I mean, I agree. I think 
it like, was yeah. it was like a like an eighty percent superhero movie for me. Yeah, it wasn't like a maybe it's just because we we compartmentalize it to the superhero movies that we don't consider it for best picture. I mean, obviously it's groundbreaking. It was it was like almost an all black cast. Like it's it's a superhero movie that that's never been done before. So it's pretty incredible, but it is as a superhero movie, you just kind of lump them all together. And I'm like, Avengers was pretty, was better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, I kind of agree. I, like I, I liked it, but I, I do not put it in best picture category personally. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, so I've heard a lot about a star is born. That's like, that's the only other tie I have to any of these movies. Um, so yeah, I really have nothing else to offer here. sorry we couldn't give you the detail yeah we're we're really missing on the oscars like we could with nba we're really missing murph here yeah dude this is a murph segment murph we're sorry that we missed you for this year's oscars it just crept up on us yeah i know i know um so there you go the vegas favorites to win are roma green book and star is born so anything else on the oscars topic no but i have a very exciting next topic (laughs) all right what is it Derek. Yes. You have been hired. You're being paid. This is real, listeners. This is real. This is real. Derek is being paid. F- Can I say the amount? Uh, well, I won't, don't I say, won't the say the amount. amount. A large amount. <laughs> comparable to what I expected. Or to, comparable, record yes. an, uh, to record an audio book. An audio book is correct. So Derek is going to be the voice of an audio book. <laughs> Derek of Derek and Steve, the, the, the second string voice, the backup voice well, to first, Derek first and in the Steve. Name, first in the name, though. First in the name. Well, yeah, but that was, <laughs> I did not approve that. The second voice to Derek and Steve is recording an audiobook for a significant amount of, for a significant amount of money. And About uh, a Texas I'm Ranger jealous. from the 1800s <laughs> who wandered around so, Texas. <laughs> I have a question, Derek. Do you have any excerpt from that available? Not not at the moment, no. But I Are will. Are you sure? I will you have nothing when, available? No. When the project is done, I will play. We will play an excerpt on the on a future episode. Oh, I cannot but, wait for that. Yes, but if you'd so like to look pe- up so, excerpts so, now, it is The Adventures of Bigfoot Wallace is the book. Um, the famous Texas Ranger. So if you just look up any passage of that book, I will be reading that at some point. <laughs> So, so there, so you can imagine you do, it. You weirdly do have like a, <laughs> for a northern guy, like a southern drawl. You've well, got like a deep, honestly, I like don't spiritual think spiritual voice. I mean, I mean, so th- that may, that is partially true potentially, but I don't think that's what they were looking for. Like they, there was no mention of like of an accent at all. Like they, mm. like they, my profile has no southern accent clips in it, you know, and there was no mention of that. Like, like so, I don't think that's actually the target, even though that is the character. Um, but it is interesting. What's what's also kind of meta about the book is like literally at the end of the preface of the book, like the there there's a clip there's a part in there that says like because the author is writing it about this guy Bigfoot Wallace, and because the guy like was friends with Bigfoot Wallace and like he had ventured out with him on several of his adventures, um, but but he was gonna write the he was gonna write the memoir in first person as Bigfoot Wallace. And so in the preface, it literally mentions a conversation that he has with Bigfoot Wallace that says, like, my biggest challenge here is going to be replicating your dialect because you would, for whatever reason or whatever. 
And then Bigfoot Wallace like makes a comment saying like that he doesn't want him to do that. And so then it's like, and so for, for that, for those reasons, by his desires, like I've written this memoir, like completely like, like separate from the way he talks or whatever else. It was almost, I was like, cool. So awesome. This is perfect for an audiobook. <laughs> Cause I'm not Bigfoot yeah. Wallace. I, I do, I do a very good, not big, Bigfoot Wallace Precisely. accent. Precisely. Yeah. My non Bigfoot Wallace accent is great. So, so Derek, I will have to say when this audiobook comes out, <laughs> we are promoting it more than we've ever promoted the podcast in our entire life. Okay. And also I'm going to call you Bigfoot Wallace. That's, that's, a, that's fair. Until you die at your, I'm going to give a eulogy at your funeral <laughs> and specifically and only call you Bigfoot, Bigfoot Wallace. Wallace. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I, that, that's right. only fair. Right. It has to be fair. <laughs> yeah. I, I see no, I have no qualms with that. What's unless you do it, unless you do an audiobook that has a, a better, better nickname. True. True. Than Nick than Bigfoot <laughs> Wallace. That is true. By the way, this is on Fiverr, like, which was my final drive last week. Jobs that start at five dollars, but they'll they'll there are people looking for bigger ones. So I said it before. Go go if you're good at something, go sell it on Fiverr. Just do it. Just do it. I'm I told you I'm jealous. You, you like, could I should sell I should sell myself on Fiverr. You, <laughs> <laughs> you could go to Fiverr and you could search for like what are what's something you're good at? Like um, basketball, like basketball. If you search, well, I don't know if we're gonna find anything for basketball. Dude, tennis but, instructions, maybe. Um, tennis. Yes, there you go. Tennis. I teach tennis. Tennis. Was that a Fiverr thing? Uh, I'm looking right now. I'm gonna see. Um, well, these are more graphic design, but if we if, if we local, if we yeah. dug if we dug into it, yeah, tennis lessons. It's like an, it's like it's more like are you good at internet? It's digital services. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. Something that you could send as a deliverable to someone, and this includes like like freaking like Excel or like. You know, like literally anything on your computer. So, like, like if I wanted to pay five dollars to get my annual college bowl pool Excel, yes, hundred percent, to be the the best possible Excel spreadsheet it could be. Yes, you'd go there. Fiverr would be this. Go there. Yeah. Yes, hundred cool. percent. So, and yes, yeah, so people do it for voiceovers and apparently audiobooks, which I didn't expect. But so there you go. There, Good there's job, the end foot. of pop, pop culture. Um, anything else on pop culture? Nothing else. All righty. Brings us to the final drive. You want to go first or you want to go second? I want to go second. Second. Okay. I kind of, for the first time in a while, I kind of predicted that one. Really? Yeah. Nice. Um, so my final drive, another Netflix TV show review or another TV show review. Uh, this one is also from Netflix. I, I di- didn't mean to say that I'm always doing Netflix. Um, <laughs> Altered Carbon was recommended to me by a friend recently and I watched it and it was a real dark horse. I didn't know what to expect from it. But it was really good. So, uh, Alter Carbon. It's been one season on Netflix. There, it was renewed for a second. Although, definitely have some question marks about a second because it was not like I read that it was not written to be a multi-season. Like it was based on a book, and uh, there was no original foresight of having like a multiple-season show. It really was a one-season show. So it could be a bad second season. But season one, if you like sci-fi stuff, this is like right up your alley. It's like one of the best sci-fi things I've watched. Um, the basic premise is that it's in this future world, basically. I mean, it's like the, it's in a future time when they have figured out basically how to digitally um, encode human consciousness. So, like, human consciousness can be moved to a new body after you've died, um, as long as your like disc—they call it a stack in the in the show—it's called your stack. It's like literally this like digital thing 
like chip, like in your spinal cord, that if that gets destroyed, then you actually are a real die. You're real dead. Like they actually call it real death. Um, you're real you're dead. Real dead. And so, um, and so the premise is like, you know, a lot of the setting is is how this leads to tons of corruption, right? Because like the richest, most powerful people can like have backups of their own stack, and like they can have like the best like sleeves, which are the bodies they call them sleeves. Like all this stuff, it's like corruption. And so the the that's not really the plot; it's really more the setting. And the plot is about this murder that has to be solved. So it's very interesting, very cool. Um, very bingeable like it's one of those shows that like the end of the episode leads like you want to watch the next one kind of um so very good i'm gonna give it 86 Derek dragon fruits um for season one my outlook for the whole series would be much less because i really am actually not very confident it's gonna be a multi-season hit although um i forget the dude's name but there's a pretty popular actor who's who stepped in as the lead role for the next season so it could have some promise but either way 86 for the season one um, which I think 85 is my cut line. So I think that's certified Pattaya Colada um, wow. for Altered Carbon. So I definitely recommend it that's if you want. That's such a low certified I know, but Pattaya. it's just it's good. So I feel, I feel bad not not certifying it. So there All you right. go. It's certified. So there you go. Altered Carbon on Netflix. Cool. Um, are you done? Yes, I'm done. Cool. So my uh, final drive is actually uh, a relevant um, topical final drive. So President Trump... Uh, officially declared a state of emergency mm-hmm. um, and the funny thing is we are now studying emergency powers in constitutional law in law school so I'm about to tell you exactly what's possible and what's constitutional for Donald Trump declaring the state of emergency okay. so declaring a state of emergency is, is very broad any president can do it, and they can do it for any amount of things. So a lot of presidents do it for to, for troop reasons, for tariff reasons, for there, there's plenty of reasons you can do it. And and the fact that it is quote unquote not an emergency, depending on on where you fall on the political spectrum, is not the constitutional issue. The constitutional issue with him declaring emergency powers to pay for this wall is that. Congress has the power of the purse, which means they have the money, and the executive branch has the power of commander-in-chief, so they have the army. So the, the constitutional issue here is, can the executive branch spend money that wasn't specifically designated for him to spend? So I know that's kind of like a lame way to actually attack Trump, because like everyone's everyone's got the the Twitterverse and, and the, the, the fake news media, all this like this Mm -hmm. pop culture news fake news type stuff in their face all the time but the real constitutional issue is not whether it's an emergency or not it's whether trump has the constitutional ability to spend money given that it's not his branch's duty to spend money Mm -hmm. it's the it's congress's branch to spend money um so that's what's going to go to the courts that's what's going to be um debated in the courts and one ex- very uh, specific thing that's going to be debated and, and because of past precedent is the fact that Congress gave $1.375 billion for 55 miles of wall. That's what Congress gave. By giving that, they also implicitly said, because of this whole issue, this is what we're giving you, we're n- therefore you're not allowed to do the the other portion of it basically you're not allowed to do any you're not allowed to spend anymore you're not allowed to do any more wall so by saying you have this amount congress is saying you can't do more 
therefore, right. um, people in the ju- judicial community think that the Supreme Court, if it gets the Supreme Court, will say, well, Congress has implicitly said you're not allowed to spend more money because we already gave you this money. Well, so, yeah, and on, long, uh, on top of that, they, re- they rejected um, uh, attempts exactly. to get more they money as well. So billion. it's not even super implicit. Like, There's actually also an explicit rejection at whatever it was, $5.7 billion. Exactly. So the issue is not, is this an emergency? The issue is, can the president spend money that he's not constitutionally allowed to spend? Right. Whether it's on a wall, whether it's on a freaking Donald Trump statue in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere, it doesn't matter. It's it's can he spend money that's not his? Because that's Congress's duty via the Constitution is to the power of the purse to spend the money. Right. So that's a long-winded way of saying keep your eye out because emergency powers is is going to be a very hot topic, especially um, that I mean if, if 2020 rolls around, he's not president, it won't matter. No one, no one's going to build a wall in a year and a half. Right. So vote him out of office, but. Long, it, it it comes full circle to where all of the media is talking about this emergency powers, is this not emergency, blah, blah, blah. But it actually constitutionally is a money issue. Right. So um, that's my final drive. Just want to give you a bit of insight to what I'm learning and what um, the actual issues are. But um, There you go. Very I, have no, I give Donald Trump 0% Steve Nicholas avocado. I juice. also <laughs> give 0 Derek Dragon Fruits. So there you go. Brown block. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, so that's it for episode 124 of You Heard It Here Second. Thank you again to John Wang, our NBA insider, for joining us to discuss the NBA trade deadline uh, and for our crazy breakdown of the Oscars, which was so helpful for you all, all of you guys. So Sorry about it. <laughs> so that's it for 124. We'll see you guys next time for 125. Later days. <laughs>